Blog Talk Radio. Still scared. 
Scotty and Mike, Bill Shaq and Kobe. My guests will detach your homies. And I'm friends with thugs. I sell endless drugs. For the rock fam dog, I extend my love. Jay Bleak, B-Bobby crossing the bridge. Tossing their wigs, make corpses of their kids. Free old sparks at Mac Mitten. I'm 95. Yo, yo, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Two Sides of the Story Presents The Skybox. Yo, what happening? What it do? It's your boy Chill. And you know, this is your boy My co host. There you go. Wait, wait, wait. You ain't doing right. There we go. I was about to say you, you you ain't you ain't say that at first. I was like, hold on, wait, wait, something missing. Yeah, no, it's all good. Like I'm right now, I'm actually broadcasting from from my 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 office because after I get done with this, I'm going right back out to do some more uh, to do a, like one more trip and then go home because it's raining. So it's like a lot going on, but I stopped so I could do this show so we can talk about a lot. Cause we got a lot to talk about there, boss. Yeah. Yeah, we do, man. Let's go ahead and kick this uh, quick three off. All right. First story in the quick three uh, has to do with the what, the man who's been considered the GOAT of basketball, Michael Jordan, showing a lot of, of charity and friendship. Uh, Michael Jordan recently sent boxes of gear uh, to an autistic fan who was seen in a viral video in full MJ gear playing a pickup basketball game. Now, the, the man in question, the uh, autistic fan, is Jeffrey Harrison. Uh, someone recorded a 33-year-old Harrison wearing full MJ uniform at a pickup game in July. And the video automatically instantly went viral. But that wasn't the whole story. Um, after A week after uh, Harrison's story went viral, uh, a local Idaho television station told Harris' story how he's been a fan of Jordan since the age of four, and his love of basketball has played an integral part in his life with autism. Uh, word got to Jordan about this and um, has been in a particularly given mood recently, sent Harrison two boxes of gear, a letter, and personally called his number one fan on Friday, or the, uh, last Friday. Uh, and he said that he wanted to do something special, wanted to do something special for Harrison, and yeah, he did. Calling the man who the p- people call C D A M J, uh, and also sending him the gear. So good look on, on Michael uh, M J, showing that he is a very giving, giving person, and is giving back and showing love to to his fans. So shout out to Jordan on that one. Um, story number two. Uh, has to do with a couple of United, uh, U.S. athletes uh, and getting into a little bit of some issues down in uh, Rio. Um, a, a Brazilian judge uh, on today, on Wednesday, uh, ordered two members of the United States swim team to forfeit their passports and not leave the country of Brazil uh, that is according to court documents that were obtained on Wednesday. Uh, those two members of the swim team, Ryan Locke and Jimmy Fain, uh, Fagan, uh, were ordered to stay in Rio three days after they said that they were robbed at gunpoint. Uh, one of the uh, swimmers, a 
Chinese Jeff Ostro told uh, USA Today Sports that uh, Locke couldn't uh, couldn't abide by the order because he was already back in the United States as of Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Kayla Blank, who was the judge uh, who issued the order, said she based her ruling on two, on inconsistencies in the testimony of the two swimmers who said they and two teammates were robbed at gunpoint after a late night out. Uh, in her filing, she wrote that there were questions about a gap between when the swimmers said they left Brant's house and arrived at the athlete's village. Uh, the swimmers said they departed France, uh, French house at about 4 a.m. While the Bales video show, they checked back in to the athlete's village at 6.56 a.m. Uh, such a trip early during early morning hours would take roughly 3.30 to 40 minutes. Uh, she also indicated that images from the same place indicate a different time of departure than the one the men allege. Uh, she also said it didn't seem visibly or uh, psycholo- physically or psychologically shaken by the crime, saying that they arrived uh, unshaken, joking with each other, and things of that nature. Uh, so, under Brazilian law, filing a false police report can lead to six months' detention or a fine. Uh, the U.S. Olympic Committee said police had further questions for the swimmers, but that no athletes had been detained as of Wednesday morning. So, yeah, uh, apparently they got robbed at gunpoint, but there were inconsistencies with the story. The judge ordered two of them to stay, but one is already back in the United States. Uh, there's no word on if people... Um, if there's no word on if uh, Locke will have to return to um, will have to return to Rio or not. Um, so that's that's that story there. So we'll keep an eye on that one uh, as it develops. And uh, finally, uh, when it comes to, uh, finally in the quick three, uh, it appears that the WWE is making definitely making moves to bring back some notable superstars. Uh, now that the brand, now that they've done the brand split, uh, this past week's edition of SmackDown Live play, had a video play, a video promo promoting the return of former WWE Tag Team Champion Kurt Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins uh, is is planning to make his return very soon, and it appears that they're going to be doing a Chuck Norris type gimmick. Uh, with several quote-unquote facts about Hawkins. Now, Hawkins resigned with the company on July the 21st of this year, but is now now being grown to return to television. Many people know that uh, Kurt Hawkins was a tag team champion uh, back in 2008 with Zack Ryder, uh, winning the tag team championships with John Morrison and The Miz before losing them two months later to uh, Carlito and Primo Calon. Uh, the last time Hawkins was seen on WWE programming was on an episode of NXT back on May 22nd, 2014, where he lost to uh, Adrian Neville. Since then, he has uh, spent time on the independent circuit as well as being in Global Force Wrestling and TNA. But it looks like he is going to... Um, He's going to make his return to WWE and most likely be on the SmackDown roster. Uh, and that's it for your quick three uh, for the people. All right. Uh, to touch up on two of the uh, stories from the quick three, one, 
for a lot of people that knock Michael Jordan, he has donated and given a lot over the years. I mean, think about it. The man came back as a Washington Wizard, donated his entire salary as a player to the victims of 9-11. And this was back in 2001. So Jordan has done a lot. He sent many kids to school. I can go on and on, but yeah. His one of his latest contributions was donating five million dollars to the new African American Smithsonian Museum that is set to open this fall, I believe. Uh it's it's due to open in September. Uh, late September. Yeah. I think September twenty fourth is the date that I heard. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah, I actually caught the Kurt fact, the Kurt Hawkins fact. So, I mean, I, it was funny because it kind of reminded me of the whole Matt Hardy version one when he had come out and they uh, post a random fact about him. That's why I just bust out laughing when I saw it. I was like, okay, they got Hawkins. They got uh, Kurt Hawkins coming back. This should be interesting. But honestly, but since we're on, since the last story was about wrestling, Let's okay. go ahead and kick off the recap to Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Um, well, Monday Night Raw, uh, uh, the the E did something that a lot of fans were not big fans of. And what that was was they unleashed uh, the demon side of Finn Balor before Sunday's uh, SummerSlam pay-per-view. A lot of people felt that this was the wrong move to make. Uh, they wanted, they wanted, they were hoping that the, that the WWE was going to at least wait until SummerSlam to unleash the demon and have the demon show up on a um, uh, on the main roster. But at the same time, you know, it's no point. It was no point in waiting. You know, because you were going to yeah. see it on Sunday. You know, so why not just... Because there might be some people who may not be able to watch SummerSlam. So why not get a glimpse of the demon? I'm not going to call him the Demon King. I'm sorry. He's the demon. Okay? So, right. Yeah. Um, but it, but I, I'm, I have no problem... I have no problem with uh, what is, what, what, what's going, what, what happened with Raw, with him showing up there. That was a good... That was good... Uh, oh, real quick, chills. Um, breaking news uh, that just right, popped, that just popped up. Breaking news out of wrestling. Page has right, been suspended. Page has been suspended. Okay, actually, that was announced about I want to say like an hour or two ago. I was actually going to get into that because we also there was also another report of suspension that was reported today. Yeah, I've been driving all day, so I didn't get a chance. I'm just now seeing it. Yeah. But yeah, Paige is gone for 30 days. But guess who also guess who also is suspended for 30 days? Someone very close to Paige. Alberto Rio. That's correct. That's 
that. It was right? announced earlier today that Alberto Del Rio would be would be suspended for thirty days as well. Crazy, crazy, crazy that they get suspended almost like pretty much on the same damn day. That's absolutely well, technically, insane. it was the same day. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Maybe they were taking the same supplement, um, they were taking the same supplement together, and that's probably what happened. Okay, all right, okay. yeah, that's probably what it was. So but um, back to back to the recap of of Raw. Um, I, I honestly I didn't get the hey, chance to watch a lot of Raw because it rained yeah, on Monday, and when you have Directv, it uh, it kind of like screws up uh, your. It kind of oh, screws it up. I understand that. I understand that. Oh, I, I didn't get to watch um, much of it. I didn't get I didn't get to watch any of it, so. From what I've heard, nothing really happened besides the fact that yeah, nothing really happened except for Brock. That was about it. That and um, also uh, the primetime players reunited for like one match, and then Titus O'Neil's heel turn basically became complete at that point um, when he turned on Darren Young and hit him with the clash of the Titus uh, during the match, and it led to uh, them losing the match. So. Yeah, that happened, but uh, other than that, um, and then Brock beating the hell out of Heath Slater, um, and things like that, that, I mean, it really wasn't a memorable uh, episode of Raw, to be honest with you, it really wasn't a memorable episode, especially for it to be the go-home show before uh, SummerSlam, which is one of their big four pay-per-views, and it's coming up this Sunday, it really wasn't a lot of hype to a lot of the matches, um, yeah, they did have Charlotte. Charlotte did attack uh, Sasha Banks and put her in the figure eight, thanks to help from Dana Brooke, who earlier seemed like she got berated by Charlotte, and then all of a sudden she still helped Charlotte. Um, uh, the, of course, you know, Demon, Demon uh, Finn Balor, and, uh, and Seth Rollins continued their feud going into the Universal Championship match. Um, but uh, that's about it. Uh, Doc Gallows and... Uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson were uh, in a tag match, and uh, they were victorious. And then uh, they was going, they was looking at trying to uh, take the you know what from their tag team opponents, and they ended up getting chased off by the New Day. Um, but I think a lot of people are, are pretty much it's a foregone conclusion that uh, that Gallows and Anderson are going to walk out with the tag team championships, ending the New Day's. Pre, uh, one year reign as tag team champions. Um, unless something changes, I think that we're going to have new tag champions come SummerSlam. Um, matter of fact, I think after we recap SmackDown, I think we should definitely have, take a look at the cards. And, oh, yeah. You know, I actually planned on doing that. When it comes to pay-per-views, we always got to kick off our predictions. That's why, see, that's why you my you my dog, man. You know, you know how we roll. Oh, yeah. oh, you know how we roll. But um, SmackDown ain't nothing changing. Exactly. Uh, SmackDown. I watched some of SmackDown. I ended up falling asleep though before it ended because I didn't start watching it until I got home about eleven thirty, 
and I ended up falling asleep. So I didn't get to watch much of that. Uh, but uh, they advanced a lot of storylines there. Uh, of course, you know, Dolphin Dean. Dolphin Dean rivalry. Um, I like that rivalry, dude. Like, that rivalry is pretty good. Really you know, too. they just really, they're really like, you know, back and forth with that one. I'm really liking that feud. I'm really liking how, you know, how that's going. I like how uh, Dolph Ziggler was really like, you know, saying, when you try to reach down and all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere with the super kick. It was like, oh, yeah. So. Honestly, that promo, that whole entire segment was. It was fire. I mean, I'm I'm liking this Dolph Ziggler right now. I'm really digging this Dolph Ziggler. Like, this might be the best moment of his career. As of now, like he's finally really stand, he's really standing on his own. I mean, he's finally getting that chance to do so. I just hope that this won't be the last of this Dolph Ziggler that we will see. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like it. He's more aggressive. He's definitely really uh, honing into something that he hasn't honed into in a while. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely enjoying. I'm definitely enjoying it. Um, uh, they 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 created now. Now they got a. Uh, they added a women's uh, a women's match uh, to the uh, to the card. It's a six women's. Uh, tag match where you're gonna have uh, Becky Lynch, Naomi who's back, and um, Carmella on one side. And on the other side, you'll have Alexa Bliss, uh, Natalia, and, and Eva Marie. That's the only match that I can put up with Eva Marie because she won't have to be one on one. Her bad wrestling won't be exposed. Period. Exactly. Being surrounded by other women, so she won't. Her bad wrestling won't be fucking exposed. So, thank God, they're gonna do a six man, six woman tag match. Thank, thank the friggin' Lord. Um, this should actually but, be um, an interesting match, though. <laughs> and then also, what was interesting was like they they had a they actually had a further they furthered another storyline during a commercial break on last night's SmackDown Live with. Apollo Crews and The Miz, who are going to face each other in a in a Intercontinental Championship match uh, at SummerSlam, um, and they those two went. Um, Miz kept calling Apollo Crews Apollo Creed. Crews made his way out to the ring, taking umbrage to the fact that The Miz was calling him Apollo Creed. The Miz saying, you know, he's an actor, an A-lister. He remembers lines. Of course, he remembers his name, but he calls him Apollo Creed. He got hit with the um, with the uh, spin out with the spin out power set out power bomb, and Cruz walks away with Miz being left lane, and sets up again a possibility that we could possibly see a, a, a new champion in um, in, in Apollo Cruz. We could see it. Possibly. What'd you say? Honestly, the way that they're hyping and pushing Apollo Crews, I believe that 
he will win on Sunday. Like, I mean, they're not going to push a superstar, especially for a certain title, and not have him really do anything. I mean, they've really been high on Apollo Crews every, uh, even when he was in NXT. Now that he's on the main roster, he's on SmackDown Live, he's getting opportunity at the Intercontinental title, and right now I think that he will win on Sunday. Yeah, and then also another storyline was further. Well, go back to Raw. Another storyline was further there between Roman Reigns and 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 Rusev, where they fought each other in a non-title match, and uh, Roman Reigns came out the victor in that match. Uh, so now it's getting leading to a lot of speculation that uh, Roman Reigns could end up becoming United States champion at. Um, uh, at SummerSlam, I'm pretty sure that it'll make a lot of people happy, and I'm being very sarcastic when I say that. Oh, I mean, I knew you were, but um, honestly, as long as Roman doesn't have the World Heavyweight Championship, I'm cool. I mean, yes, I don't want to see Rusev's reign into Roman, because honestly, I want to see somebody more up and coming. Get that chance, but but Roman needs to learn how to be a champion with a smaller belt before they can push him into the world heavyweight title picture again. Plus, I mean, him as just him as world champ, I just yeah. Remember, SummerSlam is taking place this Sunday uh, from the Barclays Center in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, prior to that, uh, there's going to be a two-hour uh, kickoff show. And then also, Saturday night is NXT uh, TakeOver Brooklyn 2, which is headlined by uh, three championship matches. Uh, the Revival facing, uh, I believe they're facing Ciampa and um, Gargano for the tag titles. Uh, Bailey will get her rematch against Oscar for the women's championship, and uh, and Shinsuke Nakamura will challenge Samoa Joe for the NXT uh, championship. Uh, I can't wait for all of that. Um, let's, let's, I'm going to pull up the card for NXT Takeover Brooklyn Two. Um, there's also going to be a match, Billy Kay taking on Ember Moon. That was announced tonight um, during NXT, the, the go-home episode of NXT leading to uh, Brooklyn. Uh, Ember Moon is a debuting superstar. I believe that's Athena, and I think that's her name is going to be Athena. I'm not 100% sure. Jose facing uh, Austin Aries for um, their matchup uh, will be taking place. Uh, also, uh, Cien Almas, Andrade Cien Almas will be facing uh, Bobby Roode 
That should be a fun. I can't wait for that. I want to watch that because I want to. I just want to see Bobby Roode. Like I can give a damn about Ten Amos. I just want to see Bobby Roode because it'll be glorious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's gonna be amazing. Um, but like I said, you got the uh, let's see, it's going you got six matches on the card for NXT Takeover uh, Brooklyn. Six matches, three championships. Uh, my predictions are this: Ember Moon wins over. I don't even. I don't forget the chick's name anyway. Okay, whatever. Ember Moon wins. Uh, Austin Aries beats No Way Jose. Uh, Bobby Roode beats Cien, uh, Andrade Cien Amos. Oscar remains women's champion, and uh, Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura stays undefeated and becomes uh, NXT champion. And Johnny Gargano and Tom, Tommaso Ciampa become tag champions. That's that's my prediction. Interesting productions. Mm. Yeah, I got a feeling there's going to uh. be two new championships. There will be two championships changing hands. The third one, the women's championship, is not going to change hands. It's going to stay in the hands of the Empress of Tomorrow. But uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get, uh, kick off with the uh, SummerSlam uh, predictions. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. So, yep. so I, I, I had AJ beat Tina again. I do too. Um, AJ beat him dirty in their first one-on-one encounter. Tina beat him clean in their tag team encounter. So I think AJ beats him this go around. I think he actually beats him clean uh, in this go around, which might continue their program. May not. I don't know. But I think it'll. Yeah. That's what will happen. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think Cena's also taking like a month or he's taking some a little bit of time off. It's not a lot of time, but yeah. yeah so I, honestly, I, I I think AJ will uh, get a W. I think I think so too. AJ gets that W. And he gets it clean. Uh, what about uh, Enzo and Kaz versus uh, Jericho? Jericho. I'm just gonna go with. Honestly, Enzo and Kaz might get the win, but Jericho. Honestly, the, put the. I mean, on paper they're the better tag team, but. I got a feeling they might give the win to uh, Enzo and Cass. I mean, due to the fact that they're a tag team that the WWE does, does actually want to push. Plus, I think KO is just better off being a singles competitor anyway. So, I think, I think Jared KO gets the win here. I mean, granted, his end zone cast are basically in their backyard in New York, but I think that that's, you know, WWE has a tendency of wanting to have their baby faces lose in their hometowns. So I think this will be that same situation. I think Jared K.O. gets the victory here, and it'll, it'll be some kind of 
shenanigans um, involved in it. Alright. Uh see. Roman Reigns versus Rusev. United States title. Unfortunately I think I think Rusev loses his title. I think Reigns gets the championship. But I think it'll keep the program going because I'm not going. I'm. I'm. I, I never thought I would say this, but Roman Reigns has actually been very entertaining with this feud with Rusev, and I actually want this this program to continue a little bit longer for like a for like another show or something, another pay per view, because it's been very entertaining. And then the great thing about it is that they when you, they had their match on on Monday. It was a classic big man match. Like, you had two guys who are north of 280 who are fighting, and they fought a classic big man match. It wasn't a lot of ridiculous um, spots or removes. It was a typical big man match, which is what you want to see out of two guys who are north of 280. So I think that they – I really think that that matchup, that feud needs to continue. So I think that Roman Reigns wins the championship to continue the feud – and then they're going to take that feud into the Raw, um, the Raw specific uh, pay-per-view, which is Backlash, um, coming up in, sept- in uh, September. So Roman Reigns wins, wins the championship. I'm going to I'm going to agree with you on that because honestly, I think Roman will get the W. Uh, I haven't really followed too much of the field because I wasn't able to really catch Raw, but. From what I've been hearing, um, yeah, um, I think they will continue to feud for at least one more show. Uh-huh. So, it's something to look forward to on Monday Night Raw. You already said uh, you think uh, and, uh, the club will win the tag team titles, and honestly... I'm going to hate to say this, but I might have to agree with you on that as well. Um, I think the New Day reign is starting to come to an end, even though they are still the best thing in WWE right now as far as entertainment. But I think this Sunday, that tag reign does come to an end. I mean, I think this is the... I think this is the time for the club to actually dominate the tag team division. Yeah, I mean, when when the New Day defend their tag titles this Sunday, it'll be their 364th day as tag team champions, one day short of a year. Because remember, they won the tag titles at SummerSlam in Brooklyn last year. Um, uh, last year, so this Sunday will mark. 364 days as champions. So, I think that the club will become tag champions. Now, the question is, will they do it at SummerSlam or will it happen the following night on On Monday Night Raw? Um, It's funny because I was was just starting to think of that. I was just starting to think about that. Um, Yeah. According to CultureVultures.com, who has a nice preview of SummerSlam, they predict that the New Day will barely survive their encounter with the club on Saturday night to continue their reign and bring their reign to a full calendar year Monday night before losing the belt 
on Monday night. That's their prediction. Um, so, Honestly, yeah. I might ro- I might roll with that prediction. I might roll with that prediction. Cause I think they're gonna keep they're gonna have New Day walk out Sunday night with the belts, barely surviving, but they're gonna drop them on Monday night. Well. I think that's we'll see what happens. Like I think they might end up dropping them uh Sunday, but they might hold them for um for one more day to have um a three hundred sixty five day reign. Yeah. It might happen. Um <clears throat> let's see. The women's title match. The women's title match. Charlotte versus champion. Sasha Banks. Sasha retains. Yep. Sasha retains. That's that's a, that's a, that's a no brainer. Sasha retains. Yeah, I mean, she still. I mean, it's still the belt is still new on her. So, but of course, WWE is going to let her play with the belt for a little bit longer. Possibly hold it until I say right around WrestleMania time. Ah, no. Push off to the next. Push off to the WWE Championship between the. Don't forget the IC title though. Dean. Oh. Don't forget the IC. Me. Okay, what IC title? I did pretty much. I gave my prediction. Uh, I got Apollo Crews winning the winning the belt. I do too. I think that. I mean the um. The reign of, of, of Miz ends, and Apollo Crews definitely does uh, step up and become the champion. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to give Miz his credit. He has had a very entertaining IC title run, but I think right now what they're trying to do with Apollo, I think SummerSlam will be his moment where he wins his first title on a main roster, which should be the IC title, so... You yeah. will have a new intercontinental champion. Mm-hmm. I agree. Though I wouldn't be surprised if Miz retains, but I think that Apollo Crews will will get the job done. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with that. All right, WWE uh, World Championship. Honestly. I'm not. I'm not really too fond of what uh, Dean's character as of now, because I mean it's like the, he's no longer the lunatic fringe. I'm not. I'm not really seeing that side of him anymore. So I think Dolph Ziggler. I think Dolph will win this. Dolph is my wild card. I think. I think Dolph. I think Dolph will pull it out. Dean has been champion since since Money in the Bank, which is back in um, in June. He's had a pretty good run with the championship. I, I, you know, I, I dig his reign as a champion. You know, he's just, he's the kind of you know he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He tells it like it is. However, you know, whatever, whatever. But I just like the way Dolph has become. What Dolph has become. In this feud with, with Dean, 
And I honestly think that this is another situation, just like the Intercontinental title match, where I won't be surprised if Dean retains, but I I am predicting that uh, there'll be a new world champion. That'll be Dolph Ziggler. And it'll be his third um, world championship. Yeah, I think it's that time for them to actually give Dolph a legitimate one. Because right now, he's really... He's really stepped it up. Like, I mean, promos have been hot. His feud with Dean has been hot. He's really been, he's really showing that he can be that world heavyweight champion that the WWE needs. Right. He's showing that he's better than being a guy that he's throwing pre-shows and meaningless tag team matches. So I'm looking mm-hmm. for Ziggs to pull it out. Yes. Might not be with a super kick, but that zigzag out of nowhere, you know. It can happen. Yeah. It can happen. It can definitely happen. And then um, the the Universal Championship match. Uh, ben Balor and Seth Rollins. Uh, honestly, I'm 50-50 because, I mean, but of course, you know, they, they are very high on Seth Rollins, but at the same time, they didn't they did not bring the demon out for no reason. I mean, this guy held the NXT title for a very long time. So I think he might days. come... He might, he might come in on his very first pay-per-view on the main roster and take the the newly Universal title. You know what? I think I agree with you. I think that like they're pushing. Balance to the moon, off the break, and yeah. uh, it's it's you know what, it's well deserved because Balor put in a lot of work on NXT, um, especially being the NXT champion for 292 days, and he is the type he's built to have a championship reign that will be very good because he'll be at yeah. shows night in and night out and put on great shows and you know that demon. When he breaks out that demon, like pay-per-views and stuff like that, he breaks out one of the best entrances around. I mean, it rivals The Undertaker at WrestleMania. The Undertaker or Triple H at WrestleMania. How epic and evidence he has as the demon. Um, so I think that and this is the third match where it's going to be a I won't be surprised if situation. I won't be surprised if Seth Rollins wins the championship. But I'm predicting Finn Balor wins. I'm going to say Finn Balor. I mean, I said I was 50 50, but I, I really think that because of the way that he's been pushed to the moon and that we know that he can be a great champion, yeah, I think, I think Finn Balor gets the W. Mm-hmm. Huh? For the actual main event of Southern Savannah. 
Suplex City versus Viperville. Who do you have winning? Viperville going to get taken down by Suplex City. Block Brock all the way. Hmm. Honestly, I think this I think this match will be the match of the night. <laughs> I don't think Brock is is going to have his way with Randy Orton like he would with John Cena or Roman Reigns or anybody else that he's had his way with. This will be a very physical match. Part of me wants to say Brock Lesnar, but there's another part that says that Randy Orton has a chance of, has a very good chance in this match. So I'm I'm fifty fifty with it. I can't decide on who I who I think will win. I won't be surprised if either man gets the upset. Well, gets the victory. I can't call it an upset on either end. This nigga chills pushing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I don't like. I I really don't have a. I can't predict a winner, but I wouldn't be surprised. Go out on a limb, damn match. you. <laughs> Go out on a limb, damn you. Shit, I went out on a limb. I said, I mean, Brock, I'm going out on a limb. Shit. I mean, I went on a limb with majority of the uh, predictions, but I mean, I I don't want to. I can't sleep on either wrestler because I mean, Randy Orton. I mean, you can't sleep on Randy Orton. <laughs> no. And you damn sure ain't gonna sleep on Brock Lesnar. Here's the way I look at it. Brock has been in the news because he um, tested positive for an anti-estrogen before his fight for UFC 200. That may or may not play a role in the decision backstage on who wins that matchup. But I think that you gotta ride. You gotta ride the street. You gotta ride Brock Lesnar on this one. He won at UFC 200, and he helped put pub into SummerSlam. So I think that Brock Lesnar wins this. Now, like you said, it ain't gonna be no pushover. It's going to be a hard-fought match, but I think Brock Lesnar walks away with the victory and then goes off into the sunset, only to return maybe later on in the year around uh, Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Good prediction. Good prediction. Ah, and I believe that leaves all leave, leaves us with... Oh, the Olympics. Yes, I said, I. you know what? I'm glad you reminded me because I said on last week's show that I would have a report on the Olympic golf, um, the Olympic golf results that took place um, last week for the first time in the history of the Olympics, golf was played during the Summer Olympics. And um, congratulations to Great Britain's Justin Rose, who, with a six-foot putt on the 72nd hole, to make birdie, became the first 
golfer in 112 years to win an Olympic gold medal. That birdie put away Hendrick Stenson for Rose to get a two-shot victory and walk away with the, with the gold. Hendrick Stenson, uh, Rose finished at 16 under par for the, the four days. Uh, Hendrick Stenson finished in second at 14 under par and took home silver for uh, Sweden. And Matt Kuchar took home the bronze medal for the United States. So the United States did walk away with a medal in this one. Uh, now, Justin Rose became the only player in history to win both a major championship and a gold medal for golf. Um, as many people know, he won the U.S. Open back in 2013, and now comes in the 2016, and boom, gets the gold medal, gets the gold medal. Uh, Hendrick Stenson, who earlier this year won the Open Championship at Royal Troon, walked away with a silver after keeping pace for 71 holes with Rose before faltering at the 18th. Uh, he missed the par putt and tapped in for a bogey to finish at 368 and win the silver medal. And Matt Kuchar wasn't even supposed to be in the Olympics um, for, for golf. But because Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson, both major winners, decided not to, to come, the seven-time PGA Tour winner wasn't wasn't even scheduled to be on the, be in the field. But he ended up um, he ended up in there, stood on the medal stand. Four shots out of um, third place to start the day, ends up in third, and gets the, uh, gets the uh, bronze after an eight under 63. So congratulations to Justin Rose, Hendrick Stenson, and Matt Kuchar, who, become, who are medalists in golf, as golf now is going to be a part of, Olymp- of the Olympics. Oh, that's what's up. And, um, and right now, um, women's the women are actually starting to play today, Wednesday. They will go until Saturday, and a champion will be determined Saturday. Oh, and one other side note about Justin Rose: not only does it is he the first golfer in one of the twelve years to capture a gold medal in Olympics, but as a golfer, but he also made the first hole in one in Olympic golf history. On uh, earlier that week, so Justin Rose making all kind of history, um, making all kind of history with uh, with this with this this whole with this appearance. So, congrats. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, the U.S. women swept Olympic medals and 100 meter hurdles. Americans Brianna Rollins. Mia Ali and Christy Castling finished first, second, and third in the women in the women's 100 meter hurdles, becoming the first trio from the same country to sweep the medals in the event. Let's see. Same Bolt wins 200 meter semifinals. Jamaica Thompson wins women's 200 meter gold. Far as medal counts, uh, 
as of right now, the USA is still leading in total medals with 93. China is in second with 54. Great Britain is in third with 50. As far as gold, the USA has 30, have won 30 gold medals, which is the most. 32 silver medals, which is the most. And 31 bronze medals. USA is kicking ass. <laughs> We're doing a damn thing. Yeah. We damn we sure doing a damn is. thing. Doing a damn thing. And we still got plenty, we still got more more to go. More medals to get and more more history to be made. Oh yeah, I mean this is shit, this is just the beginning. Remember, the basketball team still is playing tournament play. Uh, the women's golf tournament going on. Though, I predict that South Korea, uh, like South Korean, is going to win one, if not two, medals from golf. Because those, I tell you, South Korea has produced the most prolific women golfers of any country in the world. And I think that they're going to be on display for this tournament. And I don't know of any American women woman that could probably beat them, but we'll see. <clears throat> yeah, we shall see. Oh, any two? On to the gymnastics side, though. Yo, they was killing it though. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, Simone Bellis is killing it. Like she is real. She ended the real games with four gold medals in a bronze. Four gold medals in a bronze. Killing it. Just let that sit right. Let, let that just sit right there, like. Killing it. Exactly. I mean, kudos out to our all of our American athletes who are representing us in the Olympics. Thank you, and you guys have been amazing. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Uh, Ah, let's move on to UFC 202. Yep. 202 for those who want the technical. Yep. Yep. Definitely. I'm going to say something. So, UFC 202, UFC 202 is going to have some pretty stiff competition because UFC 202 is happening on the same night as NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. So, I think that they might still make, they, they might still do well because the main event won't come on until midnight, whereas NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2 starts at 8, and it'll probably end about 10. So, 
they 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 might still be able to do something with it, but it's gonna be interesting as hell to see how that's gonna work out. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be interesting. Uh, but of course you know they will get the competition from NXT. Uh, Brooklyn take over, take over Brooklyn too. Yeah, but I mean they still should make a good draw. I mean you got Diaz versus versus uh, McGregor, so this should be very interesting to say the least. Uh, what are your predictions for that bout? I think. I think McGregor learned a lot from that first fight with Diaz. He learned a lot, but I don't think that it'll be enough, and I think Diaz beats him again, possibly. But, again, I think McGregor learned a lot from that that first fight, and it'll make he'll, he'll make it a, a much more competitive fight, but I think Diaz walks away with a victory again. It's like I want to give McGregor some type of – Credit going into this bout, but right now, I, I mean, he's more concerned about social media and talking shit to wrestlers than he is actually about this bout. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Nate Diaz again. <laughs> I mean, he's the more humble of the two. He's the more focused on. Getting into the octagon, kicking ass, and walking out, preparing for his next opponent. Uh-huh. So, I'm rolling with, I'm rolling, I'm rolling with Diaz on this one. Yeah, I think Diaz takes this one. Like I said, I think McGregor makes it a little bit more of a hard fought match than the first one where he got knocked, we got taken out in the first round. I think, I think this one. We'll go. We'll, I think this one will go the distance. I think this one will go the distance. It should. We'll see. It really should, though. Uh, we'll have a full okay. recap of this on, on next week, though. Oh yeah, we will. Okay, and we're at the thirty minute, thirty one minute mark. Yes, today's show was also is ninety minutes. Now, why would we have another 90-minute show? Hmm. Oh, yeah, because football is back. Football is officially back. Uh, Well, we didn't get the Hall of Fame game, but we did get plenty of preseason action. We did. So now that we are into the free season, I didn't catch the Redskins game because I was at work. But uh, I kind of caught some of the highlights of it. I mean, Sewell Craven, like I told everybody after he got drafted, that boy is going to be a beast. He's going to be a beast for this team for, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of people are worried about, a lot of Redskins fans are worried about, will the one game still be non-existent? Honestly, I don't think so. I think that once this, once we get ready towards the season, the run game will be effective. And I, and I do predict, I do predict a good, solid run game in a good, good year for uh, Matt Jones. And, and Chief Marshall. I think both of them could be a deadly two-headed monster. Then you still have Chris Thompson, who's a reliable third down back. Mm-hmm. I mean, did anything from the preseason stand-up view champ? I think what stood out to me the most, uh, number one, was uh, penalties. Penalties stood out to me the most. Um, oh, yeah. They had 14 penalties for 123 yards. Um, can't have that. You got you got to be more disciplined. I mean, I mean, Jay Gruden was seen on the sideline going absolutely ape shit uh, when it came down to the penalty situation. And then third down efficiency, five of 15. Um, if you're not staying on keeping your office on the field. That's sustaining drives, and you're going to wear down your defense, and you can't have that as well. Um, what stood out to me, though, is uh, Nate Sudfeld. Uh, Nate Sudfeld with 10 of 15 for 89 yards and a touchdown for a 104.6 QB rating. I think if Sudfeld continues to work as well as he does and really works hard, you never know. He might end up becoming the backup to, to Kirk Cousins, and Colt McCoy might be might be asked out. Because I mean, you look at it, he, he had a, he had a pretty decent game. Now, granted, he was sacked three times, but he had a pretty decent game. I mean, yeah, they but, did. I mean, you can't take nothing from it. So you can't take nothing away I, from it. Um, I would like to see, but of course I'm a want to see more from him. But honestly, uh, yeah, the penalties were a bit too much. But I think it's something that will be fixed going into the next preseason game. I mean, during the preseason, I do expect things to be. I, I do expect a lot of. I, I expect a lot of undisciplined going into that first preseason game. I mean. It's technically the team's first taste of a game. Plus, you have a lot of players who are trying to make the roster who don't have that complete discipline yet. Because you think about it, I mean, you barely you you won't see too many starters in the preseason period. They might get a series or two, depending on the game, maybe a quarter, but that's all. But um, yeah, I mean the penalties. Uh, I know they those won't really carry on into the season. I mean, like I said, you have a lot of guys who's wanting in for the possibly wanting to NFL action for the first time in their careers. You got a lot of guys who are coming off the practice squad, also participating in the preseason. So it's like I don't. I mean, yes, they're on a professional level, but 
I know that discipline isn't there isn't there yet because I mean the NFL is a is a different monster than what they're used to. But overall, I mean, I did I did see a lot of promise with this team. Um, I already said Preston Smith is going to be a star. Um, the run game will be very existent this year. It will be very effective. I still see that Vernon Davis has that speed that he's always always had. I mean, even though he, I mean, I don't know if he dropped the ball or had the ball knocked out of his hands, but either way, damn, that would have been a nice touchdown. But I mean, it, 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 I saw a lot. I saw a lot of bright spots from what I saw, or highlights. I mean, Greg Taller also had a decent, decent, decent preseason game. I mean, he was a. For those who don't know, uh, Greg Taller is fighting for a spot as either the fourth or fifth defensive back on this team. He's also second in interceptions in training camp. He looked pretty solid out there. I mean, maybe he can really make a run to getting that spot on his team because, I mean, we do need plenty of defensive back yet. I mean, a good six DBs would be perfect for this team. I think another thing that stood out for me. Another thing that stood out for me, looking back on the offense, is that even though Kirk Cousins had one drive, he was a perfect five for five. And you gotta remember that he left. He ended last season with an extreme, in the top ten in completion percentage. So that just goes to show you that with the weapons that he has with him, if he can continue that sort of of play at the quarterback position into the season, Redskins going to be a dangerous team, a dangerous passing team. Like I said, he completed, he only threw five passes in his first possession, but he completed all five of them. Oh, that definitely gives me a good sign for what to expect. Yeah. I mean, it gives me a great sign because, I mean, we knew what Kirk Cousins was going to be going into the going into this coming season. A lot of people didn't, but I mean, this guy has found his groove. He has found his rhythm, and nobody can say, "Well, it's only preseason." But he didn't go against second or third string defenses in this preseason game. He went against starters. I mean, you can't take nothing from that, right? But, I mean, honestly, even with the short passes, I mean, a completion is a completion. Mm-hmm. People want people want the longer passes, but at the same time, long passes don't always break down a defense. You can do it with smaller passes, too. I mean, that's how Dan Marino beat the Bears in 85 on Monday Night Football. Short completion. Exactly. I mean, hell, that's what the West Coast offense is, if people don't remember. They use short passes to uh, – look, short passes over a run game. 
Exactly, and I mean, Kurt looked like I said, Kurt looked good um, in his in his little in his short stint. It's one possession, so I think that it's it's definitely promising. And hopefully, you know, running back situation gets better because I mean, the guys combined for um, not not a lot of yards in the first preseason game. Again, it was the first preseason game, so hopefully. They'll work all that out in practice before they get ready for uh, another, before they get ready to do this damn thing again and try to get ready for the season where they open against Pittsburgh. I think they're going to be more than ready for their game. I mean, this is not guessing. I think they will be more than ready. I think so, too. I, I can't wait. Uh, what I've seen from other teams, uh, hate to say this, but Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys, he looked pretty impressive. He didn't go against the Dallas, but I mean, just watching him, just watching him go, like I'm like, okay, he can really be the future of this team if they develop him right. Yo, I. I saw a video on Facebook, and it was all of Dak Prescott's throws in that game. And I tell you, this dude, for him being just a rookie, he looked like an established vet uh, uh, behind behind that line and throwing that football. He looked absolutely like he is definitely going to make his case to be the backup to, to Tony Romo. And give uh, the Cowboys team and their and their fans some kind of confidence in having a good backup behind them in case Romo goes down again. Because Lord knows there's a possibility that Romo could go down again. Oh yeah, we know that. So, but I think Prescott has definitely given uh, given the Cowboys fans a lot of a lot of confidence. But at the same time. Let's not make it. Let's hope there's not false confidence that he's giving him with just this one performance. Because it is the LA, it is the LA Rams. I mean, come on. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. Well, but, um, well, technically the LA Rams still won that game, but you know. Yeah, but again, I just, I just, again, I don't want them. I don't. Uh, let's see what the kid can do the rest of the preseason. I mean, granted, some of his throws he did against first-teamers because Romo did not start that game against uh, L.A. on um, Thursday. It was Prescott, so he did do a lot. He did do a lot against first-team uh, first defense, and he did do so. He did do well, but I want to see if he can do that on a consistent basis. So that way, if that's a possibility, then that means that Dallas definitely does have their backup quarterback situation under control. Because remember, last season, their their backup quarterback situation was atrocious. It was atrocious. It really was. And that's what led them to be last in the in the NFC East because they had no viable option as a backup quarterback. And because of that, look where they were. So Prescott right now can put themselves put put himself in a situation to be the guy to be behind uh, Tony Romo. 
and be the guy uh, in case Tony Romo does go down. Um, but we'll see. I know San Francisco. Hey, San Francisco's got problems. At, uh, San Francisco got problems at the back, at the quarterback position. Oh, but of course they do. Uh, their one of their backups, Thad Lewis, is what out for the season. Yep, his season is done. Towards ACL, um, and because he towards ACL, his season is done. And Colin Kaepernick has hasn't practiced uh, for a while because he's been dealing with a fatigued arm, dead arm. So he hasn't been practicing. So uh, I believe Blaine Gabbert has been getting a lot of reps. Yeah. Um, but but San Fran's quarterback situation is all in shambles right now. Yeah, you. I mean, you would have thought they'd have uh, considered uh, drafting a QB. I mean, you know. But hey, who am I? Oh, a major trade has actually went down. The Philadelphia, well, the Tennessee Titans trade traded the real. Beckham Green to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for an offensive lineman. Beckham Green. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he he had a few off the field issues, and plus he was like ranked, he was like the fifth receiver on their depth chart. With Philly not having any real explosive playmakers, I think that Beckham Green can actually benefit in Philly more so Tennessee. Due to the fact yeah, that, I mean, good. his only opposing threats are Jordan Matthews, Riley Cooper, and Nelson, Armour, Abba, whatever, Arthur Rugler, whatever his name, last name is. But, I mean, the Philly, the Philly wide receiver depth is not really promising. So I think he will actually be very – oh, and I forgot about Ruben Randall, who's struggling – who's actually struggling, but, yeah. Their wide receiver depth isn't too promising. And speaking of struggling wide receivers, former Washington Redskins wide receiver, Leonard Hankerson, was released <laughs> by the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Yo. Due to poor performance in the Bills preseason game, preseason opener. Yeah. Yo. I told, I said it. I said that Bama can't catch a break, among other things. Like that dude yeah, has I mean, not lived yeah. up. He has, he has not lived up to the hype that he had when he was drafted by the Redskins uh, in the, I believe, the second round a few years ago. He just he hasn't lived up to the hype. He's been injury prone, and then when he does play, he just he's not consistent. Yeah, honestly. Injuries and lack of uh, consistency has really hurt his career to the point where, okay, he sh- he showed promise in a couple of games as a Washington Redskin. Then he got hurt. He becomes Atlanta Falcon when Cal Shanahan goes to Atlanta to be the offensive coordinator. Showed promise in Atlanta until he got hurt, then released in December of last season. Now, he can't even make it past the preseason on the Bills roster who have receivers like Sam Watson, 
Robert Wood, Daz Lewis. And I'm not sure if they still have Percy Harvin, but yeah, I mean that Bill Yeah, that's right. He did shit. But yeah, um that Bill's depth has gotten a little better, so yeah. So I mean the most he probably would have been was a third or fourth receiver anyway, because I mean the Bills are really high on Des Lewis. So Yeah, Hank, uh, Hankerson is just like I say, just didn't live up to the hype with um, when he came when he got drafted. Didn't stay healthy, couldn't stay consistent, and now he's looking for a new team. And I don't think any team is going to take a chance on him, given the, given his history and his poor health and his you know poor play. So I think I that mean, honestly, he might want to consider something else. Honestly. There might still be teams out here that might take a chance on him that just needs wide receiver depth. I mean, you could never have too many wide receivers. I mean, like I said, I mean, you always want to need a wide. You always want to need a receiver. Honestly, yeah. I think that he could find a job somewhere playing for somebody. I mean, granted, we know he won't start, but yeah. He can make somebody's team as a third or fourth receiver and go from there. Yeah. Yeah, he could. Let's see. Uh, Yeah. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. But of course, Joey Bosa still hasn't signed shit. Um... He's just want to piss his career, piss his career. But hey, that's not yeah, my concern. Yeah, he on that dumb shit. Only on that dumb shit. Like he might need, he need to get his life together. Yeah, badly. Oh, uh, oh, the NFL also released its power rankings for preseason. Are you ready for this? Let's hear it. Okay. I'm going to start from 32 and work my way up. At number 32 is the San Francisco 49ers, who post-draft ranking was 31st. At number 31 is the Cleveland Browns, who moved up a spot, who were number 31st post-draft ranking. uh, Post-draft ranking. Yeah, they gave him a boost because RB3 debuted. He threw an interception in the back of his own end. And he also had a – he ran out of the pocket. Okay. Oh, no, no. The backup ran out of the pocket in a in an end zone, and he got a safety. But, hey, RGD – RG did – he did look decent, though. I'll give him credit. <laughs> no, he didn't throw an interception, though. He did, he did but he still did – he still looked decent. Let's see, number 30, you have the Tennessee Titans, who post-draft ranking was number 30. The Los Angeles Rams at 29, with a post-draft ranking of 26. At 28, is the San Diego Diego Chargers, who had a 
post-draft ranking as number 28. The Detroit Lions are 27, who post-draft ranking was 24. Number 26 will be the Miami Dolphins, who had a post-draft ranking uh, at number 21. You have the Philadelphia Eagles at number 25, who post-draft ranking was 22. The Buffalo Bills at 24, who had a post-draft ranking at 19. 23 is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who post-draft ranking was 29. The New Orleans Saints at number at number twenty two, who had who started out with a post draft ranking at twenty seven. The Chicago Bears moving up to twenty one, who had a post draft ranking of twenty five. The Jacksonville Jaguars at number twenty, who post draft ranking was twenty third. The Atlanta Falcons also moved up. Once back, they're at number 19, who, uh, who had a post-draft ranking at number 20. Here's for their BS. At number 18 is our beloved Washington Redskins, who post-draft ranking was at number 16. So we move down. The New York Giants are number 17, who post-draft ranking was 18. The Houston Texans are 16, who post-draft ranking was 17. The New York Jets are number 15, and their post-draft ranking was 15. The Indianapolis Colts are 14, and their post-draft ranking was number 12. Here's some more bullshit. The Dallas Cowboys are ranked number 13. And here's some, here's some more bullshit. Their post-draft ranking was number 11. Oh, wow. Number 12 is the Baltimore Ravens, who post-draft ranking was number 14, so they moved up. Another team that uh-huh. has moved up will be the Oakland Raiders, who are currently at number 11, who post-draft ranking was 13. Moving down is the Minnesota Vikings at number 10 with a post-draft ranking at number 9. Moving up to the ninth spot are the Kansas City Chiefs, who post-draft ranking was number 10. Number 8 is your defending Super Bowl champion, Denver Broncos, who, who had a post-draft ranking at number 8. Cincinnati Bengals pretty much stayed the same. They're seventh, and their post post draft ranking was seven. So did the Pittsburgh Steelers at number six. The Carolina Panthers actually moved down. Your defending NFC champions are ranked fifth on the preseason power rankings after having a post draft ranking at number two. The Green Bay Packers ranking at number four after having a post-draft ranking of num- at number three. The New England Patriots also dropped. They're currently at number three after posting a post-draft ranking at number one. Moving up three spots are the team that the Carolina Panthers beat 
to win an NFC championship, the Arizona Cardinals at number two, who had a post-draft ranking at number five, and the number one team, uh, preseason team going to power rankings that also moved up three spots are the Seattle Seahawks, who post-draft okay. ranking was number four. Now that I've read all that off, is it complete bullshit or no? I'm trying to figure out how is it that Dallas is better than us in the fucking power rankings and they're coming off of a worse season. Like I don't, I don't understand these fucking power rankings. I don't. Like, okay, okay. So right. I'm going to say they're bullshit. Here's, here's it. Here, here it is. You know how every year the, the, ESPN the Cowboys and the Giants always, are both better than the Redskins. Like, what the fuck is that all about? Because they don't think they don't think that we we are better than what we are. You know, every year they hype up the Cowboys to be the team that wins the division, and every year they're wrong, except for 2014. But you know, I mean, they're always on the Dallas Cowboy nets. I mean, that will never change. The fact that the New York Giants have spent hundreds of millions of dollars on a brand-new defense, I think they're also going to boost them up because of that. But here's my thing with the Giants, though. Yes, they do have Steve Spagnuolo back. They do have new defensive players, but out of all those players, they put in through free agency. All of them combined don't add up to one Pro Bowl appearance. But who am I, though? Yeah, what do we know? Yeah, um, I'm looking at the power ranking, and um, I'm sorry. I'm not sold I'm not sold on this entire list. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be that guy, but yeah. That list is bullshit. Um, I mean, it's bullshit. It, honestly, yes. I mean, I'm not even – I don't even agree with the number one ranked team on here. I mean – Nothing against the Seattle Seahawks, but I cannot put them over. I can't put them over teams like New England and Carolina. Hell, I can't even put them over Arizona. I mean, I know these are preseason power rankings, but come on now. This doesn't make sense at all. Bullshit. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to feed too much into it because it is the preseason. But yeah, still bullshit. I don't give a fuck what anybody oh, says. Bullshit. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm watching this race. Funny games. though. Go ahead. I just find it funny though that they rank the Giants and the Cowboys higher than the Redskins, and. The, the Cowboys were last place in the, the fucking division, and the Giants, we beat them out for – no, we beat out Philly for the division. Yeah, yeah. But yet, those two teams are better than us in in a, in a, in a bullshit power ranking. Whoever came with that power ranking can lick my nuts. That's bull, that is BS. I, and I'm going, I'll tell them that to their face. That is the biggest bunch of BS I've ever seen and read or heard of in my life. I mean, we all know we all know what what is what's the deal. I mean, like I said, every year they they boost the Cowboys 
on like they really want to win it. Every year they talk about how the Cowboys will win. We all know the Cowboys are who who we know they are. The Giants, they have a lot to prove. We don't know how this new $100 million defense is going to even play. So, yeah, I mean, they are a huge question mark to me. But, like I said, they want to continue to sleep on the skins. Let them sleep. However, it's the skins' job to make these fools fill it. And they will. Speaking of the skins, their next preseason game is this Friday at 7 p.m. against the New York Jets. Like in this game, I don't... Um, I don't see to me. I don't see them having fourteen penalties. I think the run game will be more effective. Keith Marshall learned a lesson from the first pre preseason game that you cannot go that you cannot go east and west when you're trying to run the ball in the NFL. <laughs> you got you have to run north and south. That's how you get past the line of scrimmage. Um, we more than likely will see more Vernon Davis. Sewell Cravens will show out, show show out even more, and we probably will get at least two drives out of Kirk Cousins this week. That's all. But yeah, I mean, it should be a, a very interesting preseason. Uh, and we are about to go off. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another great episode of Two Sides of the Story Presents the Skybox. Catch us, catch us every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will always be here every Wednesday night. Tomorrow night. Y'all will get the y'all will have the pleasure of listening to to DC's People's Champ alongside of Lady T and a Bishop or Mike Chuck. Actually, Friday actually night. we're on a break. Actually, oh, actually no. we're on a break oh. until September. We're actually on a break until September, but when second week of September, we coming back with that. We coming back with fire. Oh. Myself, Lady T, the Bishop is gonna be off the chain. I can't wait. Can't wait. Oh. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, well, shit. Well, that leaves Friday. He hasn't hers. They're not on the break. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been a real y'all. We will catch y'all next Wednesday. We'll have more. We'll have more about NFL preseason, the Olympics, recapping UFC two hundred two. And WWE, SummerSlam, Monday Night Raw, and SmackDown Live. It's been real, y'all. Good night. Bye-bye.